Well, Halo fam, we've had about a week to marinate on the fact that Artie Moreno isn't selling the team. How do we feel now? Well, it feels like we have a hangover we didn't deserve, right? Well, let's talk about it. Up next. Welcome into another episode of Halos in the Infield, the podcast. We hope you're enjoying listening to us as always. And also on YouTube, check us out there. Please like and subscribe. Mostly subscribe because we need that notification bell on as you uh, subscribe as well because it helps us out. It helps us out in the algorithm. And please like and share with your fans and friends that are fans of the Angels. I am Todd Fox, and the other host of the show is... The Lone Star Halo, Fernando Mendez. And I'm actually the Lone Star Halo because I am currently in Austin, Texas. Also, about the whole YouTube thing. Make sure, like he said, to smash the notification bell consensually. With consent, you smash it. <laughs> yes, do not take things into your own hands. If it says no, well. No is no. Yeah, no is no. You got, you got to respect it. Absolutely. <laughs> so what we're going to do on this episode is obviously the big news has still been Artie and the fallout. And uh, we're going to get into some of that, our kind of our predictions, a little bit of what's going to maybe happen in the future. And we're going to touch on whatever else has been in the news and uh, and and moving closer and closer because the NFL is winding up. And uh, you know what You've that winding means? down or yeah, winding down. I'm sorry. And uh, we're going to be moving into the, uh, the you know, the, the baseball, you know, getting the pitchers and catchers is just right around the corner. So, uh, you know, that, that happens usually right during or after Super Bowl since the Super Bowl's been pushed back a week. So let me ask uh, you this real quick. So your fiance is a uh, big 49ers fan. Absolutely. How did that go? <laughs> uh, okay. So she was screaming so loud. The neighbors that were across the street playing basketball, their kids, stopped playing and they were leaning over the fence just wondering if I was killing her and I had to actually come up and like I'm not doing nothing she's just screaming because Brock <laughs> Purdy got hurt and the Niners are screwed and basically the game was over in the first quarter so yeah that's fair that's fair the 49ers curse franchise for sure she dropped about a good 40 or 50 f-bombs it was pretty hilarious fair enough yeah I don't know I mean I feel like the 49ers and Cowboys are both cursed I mean that's coming from a guy who doesn't follow football too much I feel like every single year like both of those organizations always have something happen. And that's me saying they're cursed as an Angels fan. You want to talk about curse. Oh, yeah. You can go on and on. And and, and still people believe the old – a lot of people like myself thought the old 2 was going to just change everything and, and just, you know, hey, good times from here on out. But, uh, but no, <laughs> even though they got that one World Series, yeah, there's definitely a dark cloud always seeming uh, seemingly around the corner or right over the Angels organization. Well, let me just say this, Todd. It's always bright and sunny days here at the fabulous Sports Lodge Studios. Because, <laughs> you know, with Artie being re-upped, guess who else is getting re-upped? Myself and John Stamos. Yeah, there you go. And hopefully, <laughs> oh, Johnny. Oh, my gosh. You, you realize the mess that he will make in that studio if he gets re-signed? Or the, the the shedding of tears that he will go through if he does not get re-signed. Either way, the amount of bodily fluids in that studio is concerning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's going to be uh, – no, no, you're going to be just swimming in his DNA one way or another. Yeah, exactly. And either way, it sounds very unpleasant. It, it sure does. <laughs> no one wants to be swimming in anybody's DNA, I think. But Yeah, well, uh, except, for, except for Roger Lodge and John Stamos' that's DNA. That's true. That's true. He's... Yeah, we're talking like Jurassic Park type of stuff, like test tubes, all kinds of freaky shit. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh man. So what are you, what are your thoughts? And we've had a, about a week or so, a week and a half to digest the whole. Ugh. He's back in charge. You know, he's running the ship again. I mean, I still don't like Artie. I still think that Artie is a essentially not the best human being. I still don't feel comfortable with him driving the ship, if you will. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, now it's it. Now we're on the it is what it is train. True. What can we do now? We got to roll with this guy one way or the other. Well, I got two questions for you. The first okay. one is this. 
the report came out on on various uh not social media but you know online you know news websites about baseball and they're basically saying Otani's chances of signing back with the Angels took a dramatic hit with Artie re, uh, just staying with the team. Do you agree or disagree? I mean, I agree that talking about Otani and Trout gets you click. So you you say what you can to try to get those, you know, those numbers up. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. It, it Otani's just so hard to read because he's not a public figure. Mm-hmm. He's not very outspoken. I, it's a mixed bag, man. I really, really, really wish I had some kind of insight on that. There's a lot of stuff we have insight on, but I mean, we knew that already was staying in charge. What? Like 15 minutes before the news broke, which is why we had a graphic immediately when it broke. Yeah. We beat a graphic, right? Rosenthal. Yeah. I mean, you know, sometimes I wish we were newsbreakers. (laughs) We have the timestamps. I have the receipts. Don't believe me. Ask me. We have the receipts that we that we knew way ahead of time. Okay, well, mm-hmm. 15 minutes isn't way ahead of time, but you get what I'm saying. Anyway, it's just I I, I wish I had some kind of insight as to what Otani was thinking. Mm-hmm. It's really probably gonna boil down to what boils out of this season. You know, if we can have a competitive season, if we can have a strong season. Maybe we have a better chance to retain him. But, I mean, I don't think it's just about money with Otani. I really don't. Yeah, I agree. It's 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 one of those things where, like, I, you know, exactly what you said. He doesn't come out and speak much. And although we know he knows English, he's not going to speak in a foreign language that he doesn't, you know, feel comfortable in. A lot of Latino players are the same way, and, and, and that's not a knock on them. That's just how they're comfortable, and that's fine. I'm good with that. My thing is, like, I wish he would be a little bit more, you know, frank about things. That's why a quote at the end of last season with him saying, you know, hey, I'm not, uh, you know, happy with the way the season ended and how it wound up. Everyone took that and ran that, that he's out the door. He's gone. He's yep. done. He's finished. It's like, well, what is he supposed to say? You, you, you and I touched on it last year. What's he supposed to say? Oh, yeah, I'm happy with a, a you know, nearly fourth place finish. You know, like, like what's, what's he not making the postseason after another great season? Yeah, I mean, you, you're not going to come out there doing cartwheels. So yeah. the media ran with the little bit that he gives us. And uh, I think that's that's what's hopefully can change. But I don't see it happening. It's it's going to have to be one of those things where, you know, um, if, if it goes to the end of the season, bro, I, I don't see him coming back because you got teams like the Mets, the Padres, the Dodgers already priming themselves to fix the money around to where they can fit him in their, in their, their, their budget. And, um, you know, if the angels want to retain this dude, they got to do it before the season starts. And, and you know, it's just, you, you got to, cause a lot of these guys, you know, it better than I do, man. When, when it comes to spring training, they want to get locked in towards the end and they have a cutoff date. Like, Hey, if you're not going to negotiate, give me something I need, you know, dangle some fish out there be, being money. I'm not going to resign. I mean, let's see what happens, right? Because, I mean, Mike Trout, I'm pretty sure, re-signed that lifetime contract uh, during spring training. Remember, it was exactly. the freeway series. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, like, I just think that there's going to be a, a cutoff point if the major league, if the season starts, he's just going to be like, nah, you know, I got to do my thing. I'm pitching every six days. I'm hitting every day. Don't bother me. Yeah, man, I'm just, I'm really worried if we make it past that cutoff point that you're talking about, this, whether it's mythical or not. And if he doesn't resign, dude, man, the articles are already crazy. And they've been crazy for years about the Angels trading Otani. But can you imagine how much worse it's going to be if we're like in second, third place, and there's no shot at first, we're just kind of going for a wild card spot? I mean, man, the talk is going to be there. But, man, the Angels should probably trade Otani. He's not going to resign here. Blah, 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 blah. Definitely the Angels players will be feeling it. The spotlight will be on them. So yeah, if you're if you're hovering around third place by the All Star game, yeah, I mean, and then then the sad thing is too. I mean, then you're gonna have a lot of hindsight being what it is, saying, "Well, man, we should have traded him last year. We could have got a huge haul last year." Because you know these owners aren't gonna bail out the Angels and give him everything that they could have gave him last year because he'll yeah. essentially be a rental player. Well, it uh, depends on where he's going. Is he going to the Mets? Is he going to the Dodgers? Is he going to the Padres? I mean, those are the three teams that are really rumored to get him. Yeah, pretty you much. Know, and if he goes to one of those teams, you can probably get a little bit more than you would from, you know, hypothetically like the Rays. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the Rays aren't going to get him, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. 
because the Mets, Dodgers, Padres, like those teams feel like they have a legitimate chance to retain him. And if you trade for Otani, um, you are going all in on an extension. Oh, yeah, you have to because you're going to yeah. give up a big lump sum either way. It's not going to be as big as last year. It would have been, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then the other thing I wanted to uh, say about, you know, the season coming up here with Otani and, and just everything swirling around the Angels. You said his name wrong. Otani! <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, my my next question to you, bro, is what are Artie's next move? Meaning, like, or what is his next move? Is he going to just play, you know, business as usual, move along, uh, you know, be out there for opening day and then disappear again in his scotch? Or do you think he actually takes this as a re, re uh, what, what's that called when you're reborn, um, uh, born again? Is he a born again owner and is he going to come out there with some some flashy new things for the fans, some, you know, some splash, you know, maybe before the season starts like they did last year or any g- kind of goodwill. Do you think he turns a leaf, bro? So are you basically asking me if he, like the Grinch, he, his heart grows three sizes or like Ebenezer Scrooge, he goes out there and he helps people <laughs> and donates to the poor all of a sudden. Yeah. Does, does he have, d- did he have that come to Jesus moment when they were doing the bidding? and he realized what he could lose if he apparently does it? And do you think he uses this to his advantage <sighs> to turn things around, or do you think he just sits on his hands and is like, okay, keep keep the money rolling in? I mean, I guess the uh, the wistful thinking aspect is, yeah, absolutely. This is a new Artie Moreno, but the realistic option is really, dude, we have absolutely no way of knowing, and we probably won't maybe until next year. Artie's a hands-off owner. We, we've we heard it from our sources. You know, the guy shows up, says, hey, my name's Artie Moreno. Excuse me. My name's Artie Moreno during spring training, and they never see him again. They don't hear from him again. He comes to five or six games a year at Angel Stadium, and that's really about it. He'll come to the spring training game, but, you know, he's not it. It's weird because he's a super hands-on owner in terms of, like, these big franchise changing moves. But he's not a hands-on owner in the sense of you're going to see him at every game. Mm-hmm. You're going to hear him after every single game. You know, we compare him to a guy like Jerry Jones a lot because Jerry Jones gets in his way. Al Davis used to get in his way all the time. You know, we compare Artie to these two men somewhat often, and I know a lot of people do. But once again, those guys were a lot more vocal than Artie Moreno. Those guys love the limelight. Artie doesn't necessarily like the lo- lo- uh, limelight. He just keeps finding it for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> that is true. I think that's what's annoyed the fans the most is, um, you know, <sighs> there's two ways about being it. Well, there's three ways. Um, you know, like you mentioned, the Jerry Jones hands-on, you kind of wish for them to back off a bit. And then there's kinds of where, where I, I can't look. I've said it for years and you, me and you've kind of agreed on this is a good owner is like the Dodgers owner. They have a group, you know, they kind of stay out of the way. Uh, we've seen other owners in major league baseball where the Houston Astros owner, he's not meddling, but you'll see him come playoff time or the world series, things of that nature. They'll, they'll be out there doing their cameos. Yeah. But see, we would all take that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Um, you know, I'd rather have that than a guy who is 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 uh is just hands on too much. You know, like Jerry Jones is the owner and general manager of the Cowboys. Um, but you have guys like the 49ers that we, you talked about in the beginning of the show, their owner it just says, Hey, you know what? I trust the GM and the and the coach trusts the GM. The GM makes the moves, the coach uh works with the tools given and the team and the owner pays the bills and the mm-hmm. team flourishes. Yep, that's the kind of owner who literally just signs the checks. Exactly. And, and, and Artie I, is not that guy. I want to make that abundantly clear. Artie <laughs> is not the guy who just signs the checks. And if you say so, you <laughs> okay. Then you don't know. <laughs> yeah, you don't know. Yeah, that, that's been the problem, I think, since day one. And, you know, we've talked about the goodwill that he could have had in any of these communities. Uh-huh. Um, you know, and, and, and the way that this franchise could have been more, you know, like like – the other bidders said it, you know, like, hey, this could this could be the jewel of Major League Baseball, the Angels yep. franchise. And um, I think, you know, Artie 
I'm hoping took that to to um, to the head and said, you know what, I gotta I gotta make it the jewel of the of the league and the you know as a franchise because to me, I think he's he's got to do a lot to win back the fan. Like if he has to hire a PR staff, I think he yeah. should. Do it. Yeah, man, it's just it's a very frustrating situation. Why? Because I almost feel like we have more questions now than we did before. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because if we got a new owner, well, then there you go. We could have had some some answers. You know, what's next? What's on the horizon? What does the future look like? What do what's the you know the five year, ten year, fifteenth, whatever year plan? We don't have that now. Now it's Artie's going back into the abyss. He's like, you know what? I'm not leaving. I'm not fucking leaving. You know, like that uh, <laughs> Wolf on Wall Street. Yeah. That, now that now that was funny. I, I I've seen that on Twitter. I'll give the devil their due. That was that was that was a funny meme. But my point is, there's a lot more questions now than there was, uh, you know, 12, 13 days ago. Yeah, I think we could both agree. If we had a new owner, you know, we know at least for the first five years they're all in, you know, and then after that it's a question mark. But you know they're all in, like you said. Now Hardy's like that's just one or two ways. Either he's going to turn a leaf, or he's going to sit on his hands and be a cash cow. Because remember when Trout was going through the, his situation where we didn't know if he was going to re up, mm-hmm. and we had the same kind of articles and the memes about him wearing a Yankee uniform, a Phillies yeah. uniform, you know, and all this other stuff, and it was kind of tearing at Angels fans' hearts because we're like, man, we're going to be left with Otani. You know, we're just going to have Otani. And then it's... And that was before Otani was Otani. Exactly. And and then all of a sudden, Trout re-ups. And, and, and mm-hmm. what happened? All those news stories and memes disappeared. And we had the last laugh for about a week on, on social media. And then now we're back in the same spot. Now we're going to be like, man, we're only left with Trout now. You know, it's like, dude. Yeah. Well, and it, it's funny, right? Because, I mean, I'm sure you've seen the new meme about... Oh, he's been a more Eagles playoff games than he has Angels games. Yep, yep. It's it's just like, do can we ever just get a break? Not until it's it's see this is a this is a problem too, because remember we talked about can the Angels make the playoffs and get their feet wet? Yeah, that would have been great last year, but now it's sort of like we got to get to the postseason and we got to win a round, you know? Yeah. Because then it'll be like, well, there's Trout getting back to the playoffs, getting swept right out again, you know? Like I. It's hard to deal with that, bro, because no matter what, he's the face of the franchise, and what he does in his career symbolizes also what the Angels do. Yeah, it's frustrating because it's just such a different time. You know what I mean? Like, what about the uh, the Dan Marinos who didn't have a lot of playoff and championship success? Mm-hmm. You know, sure, yeah, I, I understand that people bring that up all the time, but it was just such a much different time. Like, nowadays... Like, I truly feel like people would consider Trout in general a failure because he hasn't really had much playoff success. Yep. You know, and you can only blame him so much, man. This is baseball. This isn't basketball where one player makes a significant difference. It's just the thing that's frustrating is the Angels have just been had so much bad luck Yep. for the last really ever since Trout got on board in what 2012 when he came up to the major leagues. And he started to make a legitimate impact. I mean, in 2011, he only he was only here for such a short period of time basically just for call-ups. But once 2012 rolled around, the Angels have basically been garbage ever since Trout joined the roster, with the exception of 2014. And even then, like you said, we didn't win a playoff game. Can we really say we weren't garbage? Oh, great. We won 99 games. What did that get us? We got bounced out by the Royals. Yeah. And the only thing you're going to take out of that is at least we got beat by the champions. But Or did no, they lost nope. that year, right? Yeah, right. The Giants, right? Yeah, because no, 15- the Giants won in 2014. Yeah, the Royals won in fifteen. So, so I think the the because they played the Mets, and then the yeah. Royals so the Royals won. made it against the Giants in fourteen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the Royals won in fifteen. Yeah, so the eventual champs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Take any solace out of that. Um, no, I I get it because it it really it really sticks to you when you have a team that, you know. If it because what what was told to me was was hey man Trout's the Tony Gwynn of baseball. And I thought about it for a second. I'm all, yeah, he's a great player like Tony Gwynn and everything. But no, Tony Gwynn made a couple World Series. He didn't win them, but he got to the World Series, and he had yep. some playoffs sprinkled in here and there. So 
Yeah, I'm just I'm I'm tired of it too, man. I'm tired of it too. I if if Trout were to go to the postseason, and let's just say he didn't hit a home run, but he you know he got a few big clutch hits, got some walks, and the team won around, and people were still laughing at his playoff you know performance. I'd be like, who cares? You know, he got through around, he got back, the Angels got back. Let's build on another year, and I think we're all hoping it. As Angel fans, this is the run from 2004 onward to 2009, where they had a good five-year run where they had a very solid farm system, very solid starting rotation, and uh, you know a mixture of really good hitters. Um, it looks like they're building towards something, right? I mean, it looks, but but the the cloud is Otani. Yeah, I mean, it always looks like we're building towards something, and that's the unfortunate thing, right? It looks like the Angels. Are about to turn the corner. Now, the only difference I could think here is that for once there was no big splash that was made. And maybe Perry's not done. You know, you keep hearing this whole thing about like, oh, well, Christmas hasn't arrived yet. Obviously, Christmas is coming gone. <laughs> but, you know, Perry did say that. So maybe there's a piece. I mean, Mike Trout said that he's been talking to Perry every day and that Perry's not done. So once again, I, I have no idea what's on the horizon. But I will say that I do legitimately think the team will be better equipped this year compared to some of the other years. You know, Drury's going to help. Tyler Anderson's going to help. Estevez is going to help. You know, uh, Gio Rochella. Like, these are pieces that are going to help. I mean, you know, we even got Jake Lamb on a minor league deal. The difference with that is Jake Lamb a couple years ago, that would have been a significant offseason piece. Well, he batted like 200 last year. Well, the way the Angels were, like, hey, that was a big offseason piece. <laughs> yeah, it was Remember when Josh Hamilton was still getting paid and we had to send out guys like Nova in left field? And in 15, we traded for, what was his name? David DeJesus, Shane Victorino, and I forgot who the other guy was. We got all of them at the trade deadline. None of them panned out. So, yeah. you know, these are the moves that we made. I mean, if you look at it now, we have four solid outfielders. We've got other guys that can come uh, play like Moniac, and we've talked before, like Adele looks to be the odd man out. So if anyone's going to likely be traded, it'll be him. Uh, there's other pieces that they're talking about trying to, uh, you know, we even heard that there was a uh, they were dangling Stassi out there to, you know, and then, you know, they still have, uh, was it Sanchez? Uh, Gary Sanchez, uh, they're saying, is still a uh, possibility. Yeah, so you, you do have – and I. It might come down to Sanchez how good he plays in the World Baseball Classic, to be honest. If he's yeah, still man. a free agent and he comes through and plays really good, I think for the Dominican, I guarantee you the Angels will throw him a contract if he hasn't been thrown one yet. But, um, but yeah, I, I really like the fact that the minor league systems look a lot healthier and you've got capable guys up here, the majors, to fill out a bench that was horrid last year. And like you said, like Mike Lamb last year would be would probably be batting fourth, you know, at some point in the season, batting uh, above the Mendoza line. Because, dude, one game we did last year, we had six players out of the nine starters that were batting below the Mendoza. Yeah, I mean, it, it take. I'm trying to remember when the last time the Angels had a decent bench. I want to say maybe 2017. Between guys like Brandon Phillips, Ben Revere, Eric Young Jr., mm. you know, those were some – that was a year where, like, you know, we had a decent bench. It wasn't incredible, but it was decent. Yeah, well, those guys, if you notice, the ones you mentioned, they were all speedy, they worked walks, and they were slap-the-ball hitters. They got, they got hits, man. They, they got on in front of guys – behind them and gave them an RBI chance. So, yeah, I mean, they had a, a little bit better year than a lot of people expected because of that. Yeah, I'm trying to see who else I can pull up that was part of that bench. Let's see. Carlos Perez was our backup catcher behind Martin Maldonado. And I remember he had, a, he had a good month or two with us. I know that. Yeah. Oh, uh, the, Danny Espinosa, the guy who didn't pan out. Remember him? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Cliff Pennington, he came off the bench too. Luis Valbuena, rest in peace, he came off the bench. So there was definitely pieces. There's a couple of names in here I totally forgot. Shane Robinson. Oh, that's used right. Used to come out from that uh, to the walk-up song from Trolls. You know, um, I really I liked 
I didn't like him at first, but I did like um, what was the one that passed away? You just mentioned Valbuena. Luis Valbuena. I love how he used to bat flip on walks. <laughs> no, but I I like the fact he was versatile too. Like he could yeah. play outfield, infield. I mean, yeah, first base, third base. Yeah, yeah, and he he didn't suck. He was actually pretty good. Uh, he wasn't that great with us either. I mean, I I distinctly remember him batting like around two hundred. Let me see, it's loading right now. Yeah, I mean, he had he had some stretches. That's all I'm going to say. He had some stretches. He batted 199 both years he was with the Angels. <laughs> yeah, he, like had, I said, some he had some stretches. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's crazy. So he batted 199, but his on-base percentage was 294. There you I go. understand 294 is not incredible, but if you're batting under the Mendoza line and somehow your on-base percentage is almost 300, that's mm. pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it's not bad. That's you're not obviously bad. getting on base. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, in the like, words of Billy Bean, does he get on base? <laughs> yeah, that's that's the that's the main thing. You got to work your way on base as best as you possibly can. So, and he did that. So, uh, yeah. But um, but no, I. It, that's the thing that Angels got to get back to. You know, they got to get back to, um, you know, playing scoring runs. Uh, you know, I I believe the pitching will be as good. I don't think it can be better as it was last year because you got to take into consideration the um, the shift and everything. But I think it could be pretty close no, to last true. year. Well, we also have Tyler Anderson, who, you know, had a great year last year. Yeah, yeah. So it, it, to me, it will. I still think they need one more arm as a lefty out of the bullpen, uh, not have to rely on Loop and Cajeta as much. Um, but, um, but other than that, I mean, I, I think they're, they're kind of set going in unless they pull a move for a closer, but I don't see any more out there. Um, I think they're going to go in house with that eventually. Uh, but, but right now, I mean, I, I like what they've got going into spring training, but like you said, there, there is, there is some definite rumblings that there's going to be some other trade or move at some point. I just can't see how they can break camp with Adele or, or just break camp and have them go to AAA again. Yeah. Something's got to give at some point. Right. I mean, it's weird because the angels have multiple log jams everywhere. So in the middle infield, they have a log jam, right? I mean, so for shortstop and second base, they got <clears throat> Gio Rochella, Luis Renhe- uh Yeah. Luis Renhifo. You have David Fletcher. Mm-hmm. You have Brandon Drury, who I understand is, you know, primarily a third baseman, but so is Urshela. Yep. Uh, and then, you know, you also have uh, Stefanik, you know, and I understand Stefanik came up last year, didn't do amazing, so he's probably a triple-A piece. But what I'm saying is you have a log jam now. You don't have any set positions there as of right now. Wait, you got Soto too. Oh, yeah, 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 LeVon Soto. That's That's another guy. So you see what I mean? There, there is a very clear logjam there. Now let's talk about the outfield. You have mm-hmm. Hunter Renfro, you have Taylor Ward, you have Mike Trout, you have Joe Adele, you have Mickey Moniak. Yep. You know, and those are just like the big names. Oh, and also for the, for the uh, infield situation, you also have Jake Lamb. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you he's going to take. Once again. He's- and the outfield, you have Brett Phillips. So you see what I mean? Like f- for the first time in a long time, there's some position battles here. Nothing is off limits. And I think if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, but like like Jake Lamb, he would have to really really ball out to make a major league roster spot because had he done that and he sucks to start the season, he's basically designated for assignment, right? Because he has no options. Uh yeah, I mean, so he's on a minor league contract. So he's a career, uh, he's a career 236 hitter. He did have a good, I think, rookie year with the Diamondbacks. It was one of his first couple of years. He did really well with Arizona. I mean, he was a career 239 hitter with Arizona, which I get isn't great. But one thing that is pretty crazy, his career on base percentage, 327. Mm. So the guy gets on base. Yeah. He's so, your Oakland type player. Exactly. Guy gets on base. I mean, even last year, the guy batted 216. Is that good? No. I mean, he that's not he didn't even he barely hit his weight last year. He bet he weighs 215 and he batted 216. <laughs> but his on base percentage last year, 315. Okay. So the guy is still getting on base. He obviously has a good eye. Yeah, he's working the counts. And he plays third base, first base, and outfield. 
So, I mean, we'll see. He's a guy who might impress and might break camp. I mean, the thing is the Angels don't need a fourth outfielder who's going to come in and bat 280. They need a fourth outfielder who's going to provide good defense, which is why Brett Phillips is kind of favored. Mm-hmm. Guy can't hit, you know, worth a lick. But he is uh, playing good defense. And, you know, last year you saw when the Angels tried bringing back Juan Lagares for his glove, but he was atrocious last year. Yeah, it, it worked. It's just the problem is it backfired because he had to start. You know, like yeah. if, if they bring him in for defensive purposes, like back in the day when they used to do that with Alex Ochoa, um, it would have worked. But you don't have the deficit this year. I think Perry got tired of the last two seasons of just coming down to a lot of injuries and having nobody to step up and play those crucial roles. Now, yep. the names that you mentioned, it seems like – even if they start these guys in the minors, they could maybe hit their weight or better, get their confidence up. And if someone goes down, hey, next man up. And we didn't have that last year. Last year was just like next man up in theory, but it's not yeah. really going to work. And Not in execution. Exactly. You know, and another big name who I forgot, Andrew Velasquez. Not big name like, you know, he's Alex Rodriguez. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, he was a big part of last year. Well, see, and that's where, like, I hate the guy, okay? But as a star. You love him. <laughs> no, I'm going to buy you a jersey along with Till Fox. No, yeah, shut up, man. <laughs> I, I have a feeling you guys are going to push that this year. You got to wear it. You got to wear it to a game for sure. <laughs> but but I'll, I'll tell you this, though. If if you're going to tell me, because Urshela's defense has been put into question when he was with the Yankees, and he wasn't the greatest defender with the Twins either. I mean, he's solid, but he wasn't the greatest. Um, he was definitely not a Sosha type player if, if Sosha was still managing the club. Um, my point being is if you've got Phillips now that you can take out, say, for instance, they do hold on to Adele or Ward's favoring his hip or something, you need a, a defensive player. You can make that move for Phillips and then you could take out Urshela in a game that you're, you know, you're trying to hold on to 4-2, 4-3, something yeah. like that. You could put him in and, and know you have top rated defense out there because, look, I've trashed it. Uh, squid a, a lot last year, but one thing I could never <laughs> trash know. was his defense. Yeah, yeah, his defense is is sound, he, fundamental, fundamentally sound. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that's least, good. At least defense. we have that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, that's another guy who's going to be interesting. You know, if, if Andrew Velasquez breaks camp as a bench piece, like I'm okay with that mm-hmm. because you know I'm okay with that. I'm okay with Brett Phillips coming out. And, you know, playing once a week, great. He's batting 185, okay, but he's not a starter. He comes in there to get Trout off his legs so Trout's not getting hurt on maybe on a, you know, once a week he can DH or whatever it's going to be. I'm okay with that. Yeah, he can play in Toronto on that turf. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But what we don't want is for Andrew Velasquez to be starting, what, 66% of the games at shortstop. What I don't want is for Brett Phillips to be starting 66% of the games. Now, the issue becomes, like, I don't know how much legitimate batting average depth we have in the outfield. If Ward underperforms, because, I mean, he had a good year last year, but overall, Taylor Ward hasn't had an amazing career. No, yeah. And And I love Taylor Ward. Let me put that out there. Yeah, he put it in spurts last year with his injury, you know, the unfortunate injury in right field. It took him a while to get going again, but towards I'd say mid-August and all of September, he was in Fuego. He was he was he was doing really good. Um, yeah. My my thing is this, dude, and I brought it up before. Uh, Mickey Moniak was not up with the Angels very much, and and his combined numbers though with the Phils briefly earlier in the year, and then also during the regular season at the end with the Angels, you know, through the injury and after were better than Adele's. I mean, they, they, they were almost equal, but in a short amount of time, he, you know, he put up better numbers. He wasn't a base running liability. He wasn't a defensive liability. That's why I keep going back to it where Adele's still a work in progress. So is Moniac, but he's a little closer, don't you think? Uh, we saw some good signs last year before he got hit in the hand, what, twice? Yes. So, yeah, I don't – by the way, you might not want to crowd the plate, but uh... – <laughs> <laughs> I will say um, Adele is such a frustrating case for me because I will, the most idiotic thing you can do 
is say that Joe Adele is not athletic. Realistically, Joe Adele is an athlete. Honestly, I think Joe Adele might be one of the most athletic guys on in the Angels organization. I think Joe Adele is more athletic than Mike Trout, at least now. You know, Trout's getting a little older, you know, so Trout's going to get injured a little more often. You know, people are going to call me an idiot, but it's, you know, if we could be realistic, you know, he's younger. So naturally he is more athletic. I don't think he's more athletic than Otani. But, you know, we see these off-season videos all the time where Joe Adele is freaking like putting dumbbells on his pants and he's like jumping up 40 inches, doing these like giant verticals, you know, freaking with chains around his neck, you know, doing push-ups. I mean, just like, A, what does this translate to baseball? Yeah. B, nobody questions your athleticism. Joe Adele is extremely athletic. And all Angels fans who are honest with themselves will agree. The problem with Joe Adele is the baseball fundamentals have not consistently been there dating back to when he made his major league debut in what, 2020? Mm -hmm. And yeah, maybe in 2020, he wasn't ready. And maybe in 2020, that was a shock to the system. And, you know, he was doing so well and he was so comfortable, but the team just felt like we needed him in, in 2020. Yeah, they were they were throwing him in the spotlight right right away. And I'm glad you brought that up about his Instagram stuff because, correct me if I'm wrong, I know David Ortiz wasn't around Big Poppy, basically in the heart of social media explosion. But I'm pretty sure if had he been, we wouldn't be seeing him doing the weightlifting and crazy stuff and running a marathon backwards. And, and you know, it. he was an overweight guy. Let's just put it to you. The same thing with Bartolo Colon, Big Sexy. But one thing is they had the head game. They knew they were smart. They had good vision. Uh, they knew how to work counts like Bartolo Colon as a, as a pitcher. He was a scientist at the mound. Uh, uh, freaking David Ortiz was, was, could just change a game with one swing of the bat. Uh, he can go the other way. I mean, the guy was magical to swing. I, I mean, I'm, while you're on the topic of that, I mean, look at Vladimir Guerrero senior. I mean, I don't, you know, he wasn't unathletic, but I mean, you know, I mean, the guy looked like slender man up there. Yeah. And he had the hip uh, issue, you know, the, the one leg being longer than the other. And, you know, uh, he had to keep hitting his hip. You saw him in the, in the batting stance, you know, when he would do that. And, and, and yeah, he was, he didn't have the, if you'd look at his batting stance, he'd be like, I'd never teach my little leaguers to hit like that, but, <laughs> but he made it work. And, and, and I guess what I'm saying is you have to have all aspects of the game. Like you, you mentioned Adele was a five tool player. Yeah. He's, got it, he's got it all. It's just, unfortunately there's a six tool and that's the, the head game. I mean, he's, he's mentally weak. We saw in the press conferences when he was sent up and down, you know, the fact yeah. he took the angels off his social media and all this other stuff. It's like they're in his head. You know, he's people are living rent free in his head. And I, I don't think he's grasped that yet. Yeah. And it's unfortunate because it's very clearly translated to, to a lack of performance and, you know, a, a lack of security mentally, mm -hmm. you know, at the end of the day, man, you're a professional athlete. You have to be sharp. I mean, you know, I talk with Ty all the time and that's one of the number one things we talk about, you know, it's just, it's such a mental game. And I mean, that's just sports in general. You know, I mean, look at look at quarterbacks. At the quarterback position, you have to be able to change your mindset within three seconds. If you get sacked and all of a sudden it's, you know, two and 13, boom, those three yards completely change everything. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing with baseball. If you take one bad step on an outfield read at a pop-up, you have to completely change course because that one bad step now throws you off a couple milliseconds. That doesn't seem like a big deal, but in the grand scheme of things, baseball is such a quick paced game in the sense of the ball's coming at me. The ball is getting pitched to me. I have to be able to mentally adjust to this. And if you can't make those mental adjustments, it's going to be really, really hard for you to play this game. Don't believe me? Check on guys like Michael Jordan. The absolute best at his sport came over. One of the, not a good baseball player. I was going to say one of the worst baseball players. That's not fair though. But he certainly isn't known for his baseball career. Yeah, and for him to get as far as he did, that just shows you what a great athlete he was. Tim Tebow got farther, just saying. Yeah, but, but I mean, like, as far as, like, him actually, you know, it, it's it's like you said, you 
he had that beast mentality like like the co like people like to say the mamba mentality you know you you want the ball at the end and i think is baseball's not the same but you do want to if you're truly a great player or even if you have the confidence to or or you have the head game to withstand the pressure of the crowd the pitcher the umpire everything you want that moment you want to be at bat and i think that there's something in Adele where maybe he doesn't want to be that last batter at the end of the game with a chance to tie the tie. He's not there yet, man. And like, like uh, it's, it's so frustrating because, you know, he's been rumored to Pittsburgh and a couple other teams and I could just see him flourishing in a spot like that. Like, I don't think the management or even if the team has psychiatrists, which I'm sure they do, no one's gotten to him yet. And I just feel like if he goes to another organization, new home, new city, I think that organization will take the time that the Angels didn't, and they'll probably get the best out of Adele. You know, and I'd be okay with that. I mean, you know, he seems like a good kid. And it does seem like overall he has a good head on his shoulders. Mm -hmm. So I, I'd be okay with a swap for a swap. I don't know what we would get in exchange for him, but, I mean, you know, let's get some prospects and let's go from there. I mean, let's hit the reset button. It's not that I've given up on Joe Adele. It's just I haven't seen enough there right now for me to be able to be okay with the idea of him taking a spot on the 40-man roster. You know, I'm okay with him going somewhere else where he's not going to have any pressure, and, you know, we'll see what happens there. Realistically, if you would have told me, would you want Brandon Marsh, do you want Joe Adele, I would have put Brandon Marsh 100 times over. Absolutely. The upside with Marsh is just it's still – it's untapped, and I think Philly will yep. eventually – get the best of him or you'll you'll probably see this year the best of brandon marsh i mean i mean i think brandon marsh is the 280 type of hitter yeah but he's he's I gonna don't be, think he's good i was just gonna say i think he's gonna be a center fielder for a while oh yeah yeah probably i mean you know he's good defensively he's sound defensively he makes good reads he doesn't have the best arm but it's certainly not hurting the team type of arm you know he he's a pretty good base runner he's a smart baseball player i mean you know I, I would venture to say that Brandon Marsh was also a, yeah, maybe a four-tool guy because he wasn't a power type of hitter, you know. He'd pop about 10 to maybe 15 potentially over the wall. I think Brandon Marsh is a prototypical leadoff hitter. You know, he was the he's the leadoff hitter that your dad grew up watching, mm -hmm. a slapper, especially without the shift. You know, it's going to give you good defense, and he's going to be the field general out there in center field. I don't get that with Joe Adele. I don't. You know, we we all we were hearing forever. Joe Adele is going to hit twenty to twenty five home runs, maybe thirty a year. But uh, yeah, it's just I'm tired of the narrative that Joe Adele, like, oh, you know, Joe Adele sucks. You know, Joe Adele, you know, why are you doing all this off season stuff? It's like you know the guy's doing what he can, but realistically, I want to see videos of your footwork fielding ground balls that are hit to you in the outfield. I want to see your reads out in the outfield camping under the ball. You know, uh, don't do this little patty cake thing with your hand. Release the ball quicker. Like, that's the kind of stuff I want to see from Joe Adele because we see it in flashes, but we don't see it consistently. And unfortunately, this is baseball. It's a game of consistency. This isn't the NFL. The NFL, you can get by on inconsistency. Don't believe me? Ask Russell Wilson. Ask Cam Newton. These are guys who made careers that are not being consistent. They got hot at the right time. They made the right plays. They had the right scheme around them. But unfortunately, in baseball, you can't hide it often. You can hit a fastball. You can't hit a fastball. You can hit a curveball. You can't hit a curveball. You, you're a good fielder or you're not a good fielder. Baseball has a way of, you know, showing who the liars and who the pretenders are really quick. Don't believe me? Look at the amount of 4A guys we've had. They're hot in AAA. They come up here, and it's just bad news. Yeah, and defensively, you know, I like you say that because, I mean, even in softball leagues, baseball leagues, high school, whatever uh, level you played at, well, even if it's travel ball, if you have a, you know, a right fielder, it's, you know, it's a weak spot. You're going to teach your kids to hit the right field or, or the players slap it to a weak spot. You know, he has a terrible arm. He takes bad routes to the balls. Well, that's what we got in a tell. And my, my question to you too now, since we're talking about it, 
and I, I've just brought up Adele a lot in this show because it's just it, it frustrates me, and then he's also intriguing at the same time because you got that what if, like what if he actually breaks out this year? What if he if he had an off season? Because that's what I thought last year. I thought last year when he was prepping for the season, I'm like, man, he just looks like he's ready to break out, and then we were disappointed again. My thing is, bro, is he is he gone past the value that they can get for him? Because I just don't want it to be another Brandon Wood. Dallas McPherson, Jeff Mathis, where we held on to these guys way too long when we could have got top dollar for them or at least, you know, a, a good haul for them. We're like, nah, we're holding on to our prospects. Yeah, I'll definitely say that his value has diminished a bit. And maybe now we're at the point where you're not going to get much for him. But, you know, you need to get something that's going to be productive. Maybe that's just a bullpen piece. Maybe he's part of a deal that brings a, a starting pitcher here. But at the end of the day, him just sitting in AAA is not helping anymore. He's got to go somewhere where he has an opportunity to get legitimate playing time. You know, Tampa Bay, Oakland, um, uh, you just said it, Pittsburgh, Mm -hmm. you know, Cincinnati. Cincinnati. You know, he needs to go to a place like that. I mean, I would have said a team like the Padres before, you know, they started contending. Bro, a a team, uh, you know, where? I'm sorry to cut you off. Go ahead. No, you're good. good. No. No, I was going to say a team that, that I think he might fit in really good with would be Miami. Yeah, Miami, you know, a young group of guys there. I mean, maybe even a place like the Giants. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really going to depend. But he's got to go somewhere where he can, that's that's good at developing young guys who have untapped potential. Tampa Bay, I'm looking at you. Yeah. We'll see what we can get. You know, I, I know a lot of people want a Tyler Glass now. Obviously, you're not going to get a, a swap for Joe Adele and Tyler Glass now. But, you know, if you provide enough there, well, maybe because Joe Adele has – what three years, four years of control left? What okay? Now you setting up the glass now idea. What if okay. the Angels were to throw? Would you do this deal if you're Tampa Bay? Uh, um, glass now and a lower level prospect for Griffin Canning, Joe Adele, and Suarez. I think the Angels probably need one more piece. Oh, okay. um, I would probably throw in a guy like a Michael Stefanik as well. Makes sense. Because you're going to need a lot for Tyler Glass now. I'm still not sold on Tyler Glass now. I know a lot of Angels fans really, really, really want the guy. But at the end of the day, the problem with Tyler Glass now is we don't know what he's going to look like post-Spider Tag. Because he was one of the biggest guys complaining that, well, you know, well, now that I can't use Spider Tag, I'm probably going to get hurt because, you know, the way I have to grip the ball and I have to grip it firmer. And look what happened. He got hurt. Had Tommy John surgery. So what's going to happen with Tyler Glass now? Is he going to be the same pitcher? Is he not going to be the same pitcher? There's there's a lot of just unanswered question marks out there. I I agree. The Angels probably need one more starting pitching piece who's probably a right-hander. Yeah. Uh, You know, I know Randy really, really wants Trevor Bauer, but it's not looking good if you're Trevor Bauer right now. I mean, I don't think there's a lot of people who are calling. No, it's it's uh, unfortunate in a way, but a lot of his doing, obviously. Um, yeah, I had to turn that lady's butthole into a subway bag. <laughs> well, not only that, but I think a lot Allegedly. of people, a lot of people were scared off by his just his demeanor prior to the whole situation. So not only are you going to get the booze and and you know stuff from feminist groups and everything else like that, which they have every right to um, to boo. You can boo anybody. But he's going to get it mercilessly, and then he's also going to get it because, uh, you know, he pissed off a lot of players with the Dodgers and towards the end of his Reds career right there. I mean, he was doing a lot of antics that a lot of guys just didn't like, and you're going to bring that stuff to your team. He wants his own re- uh, regimen, his own workout. If if it were to work out, yeah, he's a hell of a pitcher, but he, there's a ton of baggage that comes with him. And I think, like you said, he's not exactly his phone's lighting up right now. Yeah, like I said, clearly not, man, because, I mean, we haven't heard anything yet. We haven't. Not even you a, know. Even and a, there's, what, five confirmed teams who are out. I know that. Mm-hmm. Completely out. They're like, yeah, we're not doing it. I think the Padres were one of those teams. The Braves were one of those teams. But, I mean, we have no idea about the Angels. I've heard – I did hear, like, a week ago that, like, three teams reached out. But as of right now, nobody knows who those teams were. Yeah. Yeah, and we know for sure, obviously, the Dodgers are out. Oh, absolutely. So, They're not going back on that at all. I would imagine the Guardians might be another team who's out because they've already had him. They traded him. Maybe same with the, the, the Diamondbacks. They had him. They traded him. Uh, maybe the Cincinnati Reds or maybe the Reds get him back, try to kiss lightning in a bottle. Maybe if I was the Reds, I would do it. Maybe that'd be a smart idea. 
I think he'd have to go to a team that's just dogs, you know, like he'd have to go to Washington. He'd have Pirate, to go to the Pirates. Pirates. He'd have to go to Miami. Just a complete reset to try to get his career off the ground again, even Oakland. You know, Miami might be good for him. Yeah. He just needs to go somewhere where it's just obscure. And, uh, you know, if he, he puts up good numbers, I mean, people will eventually forget. But for right now, I mean, he's in a, in a spot. But, but getting back to the Angels, I mean, we do, you're right, need one more starter. Um, but, like, that's what I'm talking about, too. Like, like you don't know what you're going to get with Griffin Canning. You like Suarez and his ascension. He's going to be probably the main piece in a, in a deal if they're going to move to get a good starter. And like you said, Stefanik, when you brought up all those, I didn't realize we had that many infielders. And Stefanik, yes, he has upside. And he's shown more promise than an Adele like hitter, not power wise, but hitting wise. He he could be a valuable piece, and like you said, and then um, like yeah, I mean, I would love to net a good, you know, even if it's not an ace, a good number four, number three guy. Uh, yeah, I don't think the Angels are really behind. Like, I don't think there's a lot of pieces they're missing. I think it's just like one more piece. Now I'm not I'm not gonna be like those other idiots from like other fan bases who are like, oh, the Angels need starting pitching because their starting pitching sucks. No, I mean last year the starting pitching wasn't the issue, it was the offense. But I mean, you, you can't honestly tell me that you wouldn't be okay if we just got like one more pitcher. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, we have Patrick Sandoval. Patrick Sandoval. I'm a big fan of him. Reed Detmers, I, I'm a little more wishy-washy on, but I'm still all in on Reed Detmers because I know, I know what he's capable of. Yep. Shohei Otani, he's a god. Anderson, he's the other piece. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that, that's four guys. Okay, and after that, then we start getting to the guys like the Suarez, the Silseths, um, Griffin Canning. Maybe like, Rodriguez. Yeah, Chris Rodriguez needs to be a bullpen guy. That's why I'm, I'm saying too, to but the Angels keep guy. they keep waffling on that. They're like, we want him to be a starter, but he has set up and closer mentality stuff. Yeah, I mean it's the same thing with like you know with Corey Rasmus when he was here. Like, oh, he's gonna be a, a he's gonna be our uh, for he's gonna pitch for three or four innings. You know, and I understand the injuries were piling up that year. But at the end of the day, I mean, I, the Angels, I think, just need one more consistent, proven righty. You know, you don't have to give them a big contract. You know, like, this would be the year where, like, I, I don't want to say we would have gotten, like, a like a Matt Harvey, because that would have been bad. <laughs> but, like, like a Julio Tejeron. Like, this would have been the time where if we got that kind of piece, I would have been like, okay. This is kind of what I was thinking. You know, he's going to fight for a number five, a number six ball. Because when we were getting guys like Trevor Cahill, Matt Harvey, we were thinking like, that. that's not Matt Harvey. That's the dark night, boy. <laughs> that's not Trevor Cahill. That's Trevor Cahill from the athletics, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's the like, pride of Orange County, baby. Yeah, that's the guy who's going to bat, uh, he's going to bat like the 10th inning trying to get a game-winning hit walk-off for us. <laughs> Which did happen, and he did not get that walk-off hit. Um, but you you get what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think the Angels just need that one guy. Like, I know Angels' grandma, I think, uh, who does she want? Michael Waka? Oh, yeah, Waka, yeah. I every, every single gosh darn day. And I love you, Angels' grandma. She's like, oh, you know, he wants two years, $30 million. You know what? I, I, can, I can live with that. Yeah, I'd be okay with that. It, it wouldn't be bad if you're, if you're anchoring him around fifth and sixth spot in the rotation. That would be exactly. a very solid six because Suar- if you have Suarez as your number five and he's an ascending pitcher and he's, he's learning his craft as he goes and he showed some really good innings. I mean, he in the beginning of the season, he couldn't get past that four and uh, two-thirds. He kept getting stuck right there. And then something changed, man. Um, he started to really feel himself, and then we saw him get into the fifth, the sixth, and the seventh innings, and eventually one time in the eighth inning. So I think he's he's really starting to get locked in, and hopefully he has a really good offseason. I like the kid. I don't want him to be traded, but to bring you back a good pitcher, you might have to deal pieces like him, uh, Jaime Biera, even though I love his role yeah, in I, middle relief. He's another name who I forgot who might compete for that, like, six-inning guy. But, I mean – or not the six-inning guy. Sorry, the uh, six-man in the rotation type of piece. So – 
for the first time in a long time, man, the Angels have options. You know, we're not getting the J.C. Ramirez's anymore. We're not mm-hmm. going for those guys. You know, and J.C. Ramirez did pretty decent before he got hurt. And then same with Parker Bridwell. And what, were you, what year was that, 2016? Yes. Or was that 2017? I think it was 16 because he was living out of his camper at the stadium, wasn't he? Or that was I Blake Parker. Uh, Parker, okay, yeah. Parker oh, man, was- I miss Blake Parker so much, man. That guy was so <laughs> fun at the back end of the bullpen. He wasn't that bad. I mean, like, they had some names, I mean, that worked that year that weren't names to the rest of the fan base, but yeah. were the fan, you know, if you knew them. The like- hardcore fans knew who they were. Like, if there's one thing that Billy Epler was really good at, it was dipping in the bargain bin and pulling out diamonds in the rough in terms of, like, relief pitchers. David Hernandez? Who? How many Angels fans remember David Hernandez? Yeah, he was. We ended up trading him, right? Uh, I think that was 2017. Hansel Robles, he was a waiver wire pickup. Parker Bridwell, they the Angels traded for him from the Orioles. Nobody knew who he was. Came over, did great. J.C. Ramirez, waiver claim, came over, did great. Billy Epler was really, really good at taking these no name guys, and you know making him really, really good bullpen pieces. Unfortunately, he couldn't do that with anything else. What was the guy that he resurrected the his career? He went to the Nationals. I believe he closed in the World Series for the Nationals. He was either a closer or a setup guy. He had pitched for the Angels. And he was, uh, he was dog question. crap before that. I Maybe we could make a race to but, – but, yeah, I, I get what you mean. Like, like he, What he, year was it that he was an Angel? Uh, it was prior to the Nationals winning. Nationals won in uh, 19, right? Uh, yes. I mean, I know Bud Norris was another guy whose name I was looking for that came up, but that's not the guy you're talking about. No. Uh, I have to find it right here. Uh, shoot. Yeah, they won the World Series. Let's see here. Pitching. Because I know it was, let's see, they, they, they brought him over. Hmm. Daniel Hudson. Was he an angel? Yeah, he was an angel prior. Because he was a Dodger. Where is it? Um... Well, well, you look for that. Another piece that the Angels got who they just gave up on was Kirby Yates, who ended up going to the Padres and ended up becoming one of the best closers in baseball during that respective stretch. I so hated that was that. another kick to the nuts. I hated that. Because he was a good he was a good pitcher, and I thought I thought, man, he turned into something good for them, too. I want to say he was literally on the Angels for a single game. True, true. Maybe, no, it wasn't. It I wasn't. was at that game. Just like when I was at the game when Matt Latos was an Angel for, you know, like a week. <laughs> Matt Latos. Oh, my gosh. That goes. Yeah, literally. What the Angels, Kirby Yates, one inning pitch, an ERA of 18.0. Yeah, we had that for a question, didn't we, for the trucker hat trivia? Yeah, I think so. But um, he was with the Padres for four years and had an ERA of two point five five. Who did who picked him up after he left the Angels? The Padres gave him a shot and it worked out. So maybe the Angels should have been a little more patient. True, true. We would have been a lot better if we would have had Kirby Yates coming out of our bullpen in 2017, 18, 19, and twenty. You know, I was wrong on that. It was not him. I, I knew there was some player that went from us to to another team and just tore it up, and we were just sitting there like, "God damn it!" That's just happened to the Angels too many damn times. Yeah, exactly. That's the sad part. That's why we don't know. Um. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm. I whiffed on that. I I could have swore it was the Nationals. Maybe I'm thinking of another team. Yeah, probably because uh, I, I can't possibly think of who it is. But um, yeah, I mean, what were we talking about? Like Billy Epler being really good at digging the bargain bin. Yeah, yeah, he he was able to get the most out of uh, out of almost any player. It was it's, it's weird. In terms of in terms of bullpen pieces, definitely. Yeah, in terms of starters, not so much. But, um, yeah, I, there was some really good moves that Billy Upper made that were under the radar, and then there was a couple that were just horrible, like Zach Kozart. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you if you would have told me that Zach Kozart was going to bottom out like he did with us, I I wouldn't have believed you. I, I, I would have. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, I had a bullish mentality when it came to that. I thought, man, he's going he's gonna to do really good for us. But, um, nope, 
that that was a very big disappointment. Tell me about it. Yeah, but we're looking at uh, we're looking at a season that's going to be getting underway here very soon, and you know, this page is going to be following it in religiously. So we're going to be like doing the YouTube stuff. Uh, we're going to have merch. We're going to be you know reporting before and after games, doing our weekly freaking uh post games and and uh randy has his new show make sure to check that out if you guys haven't already the heady weekly rack up yep and we're gonna do a uh, also around the league show we're gonna do uh our pod right here so catella chronicles Catella chronicles will be chiming in we just don't know how much yet if it'll be a full season or not we'll see that's good that might be some breaking news but uh but uh, yeah, we we got a lot to talk about this year, man. And and again, it's just going to be one of those things where, you know, best case scenario, bro, Otani's situation gets solved before they break camp. That's going to be the ideal situation, right? Uh, us having to not go through the entire season knowing what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, even if he just comes out and be like, "Hey, you know, publicly, I want to test free agency this off season." Well, at that point, at least we know. Yep. At least at that point, at the all-star break, or sorry, at the trade deadline, maybe we are a little more inclined to trade him because we know, well, he's going to test for agency. He's probably not going to resign here. You know, let's let's dump him, get what we can. But at that point, we know. There's no more lingering. I have a feeling we're going to have a lot to talk about either way because even if yeah. he, even if he, you know, best case scenario signs before, we're going to be like, God damn, that's a huge contract. Where does this rank with the other contracts? Is he worth it? Blah, blah, blah. And then if he, if we don't, we're like, man, we're, it's going to be like every pre and post game message boards lighting up. Hey, have you heard anything on Otani? Are they going to trade him? Who are we going to get? And we're going to get, we're going to start getting trade proposals by fans in April. You know? Can't wait. <laughs> it's going to happen for sure. Don't doubt that at all. Absolutely. You got anything else you want to touch on before we get out of here? Uh, no, we came in with zero plan today. So for any of you guys who are like, wow, it was a good episode. <laughs> we I, we literally were like, well, I mean, Todd will call me randomly on the phone and we'll talk baseball for like an hour, two hours, three hours sometimes. So we were like, yeah, F it, let's just do it. Let's just see what happens. That's how you know you got a good flow with somebody, guys. Exactly. And I mean, look, dude, <laughs> there's some times where I'll call Fernando or he'll call me and well, at the end of our conversation or midway through, we're like, we should have been recording this. Yeah, why are we just recording? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that can be like a like a Patreon situation. There you go. We can. We've have- had a Patreon forever. We just haven't ever uploaded anything to it. So that's why we never announced anything. We've had one for like two years. Well, maybe we got to get that Patreon going and we need an OnlyFans as well. Uh, <laughs> there you go. With only photo. You know, Rally Chris wants to get brought back on in some capacity. We found it. There it is. You solved the problem. He's part of Heaty again. There you go. I'm all Rally fans. How high do you want to see that monkey jump, huh? Rally monkey? Uh, that's the thumbnail. Uh, oh, we love you, Rally Chris. We love you. Yeah, but not when you're naked. Yeah, I'm not paying for that OnlyFans. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, we're not. We're, we are not endorsing that in nope. any way, shape, or form. <laughs> especially certain shapes. Yeah, especially not a man in a monkey suit who's <laughs> going to be unzipping a zipper forward. No thanks. <laughs> He's got a banana. All right, we need we need to cut this. We need, yeah, we need to get out of here. It's a wrap. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, try, I'm we're over here talking about Rally Monkey's monkey, and we're trying to get uh, some, uh. <laughs> some people on the show. We're not helping our cause. <laughs> yeah, right. This is gonna be the one episode that Trout's gonna listen to and be like, "Oh my god, I was gonna give them a chance." <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is where I already decided to tune in. Yeah, right. Hey, I will say that uh that episode we that we did the live reaction that we did on YouTube that we then uploaded to Anchor is one of our most listened to episodes, which I did not see coming. <laughs> yeah, you know, a, a, a lot of people have opinions and they wanted to hear ours, so you know, we appreciate that. So Yeah, I did not think that episode was going to do well, but uh I was wrong. Hey, you know, sometimes you hit, sometimes you miss. I mean, I I've, I've had a couple of those shows that we've done on here 
or um, you know, lives or post games or whatever. And I thought, man, that was a really good episode. I checked the numbers of them all. What the fuck happened? You know? <laughs> yeah, no, we've done some interviews where I'm like, this is great. And then yeah. like nobody listens to it. And then we do an episode like this, or it's like a thousand and two. We're like, what? <laughs> Yeah. A thousand people listen to this and only like 400 listen to Wayne Rendazzo. I mean, what are we doing here, guys? Yeah. Yeah. Go back and listen to the interview, by the way. And go listen to the Ty Butcher interview. It's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Both of those are really good interviews. And we're going to have some more coming up here soon. Yeah. Oh, um, I was going to ask you. Uh, well, I'll ask you off air. But okay. uh, that's it for me. And uh, this has been another episode of Halos in the Infield. Again, like and subscribe. Smash that like button. Like uh, Consensually. Yes, consensually. And uh, we'll see you on the flip side. What's up, Halo fam? Halo Joe here. Just wanted to thank each and every one of you for checking out this new episode. Make sure to keep it tuned here to Halos in the Infields Baseball Network all season long as we drop content every day. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel. Also, make sure to crack the like button and leave a comment. Make sure you also smash that bell icon to be notified every time we drop an episode or go live. Also, check us out on our other platforms, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and Twitter. We can also be found on Apple Pod, Podbean, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Don't forget to leave that five-star review.